What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the DE Podcast. It is Daniel, and Akinrich will be joining us very shortly. So today's podcast will be a little bit different. We're not just going to be talking about basketball. We're going to be talking about tennis, because me and Akinrich play tennis. And also, before we begin, and before I make Akinrich come into the live, I just want to say, wherever you guys are listening from, if, if you guys are listening from Spotify on the podcast, if you guys are listening on YouTube, on Instagram right here, I want to thank you guys so much for the support because it motivates me to make lives and to make the podcast even bigger and bigger. So I'm going to put Agenridge into the live. Hope you guys enjoyed today's duration, tennis, basketball, all the sorts of stuff. So hope this um, hope this podcast pleases you. Hey, Agenridge. Hey, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So this episode is a little bit different from our normal ones because it's not just a basketball talk. There's still, there'll still be plenty of basketball in it, but there's tennis now because there are many tournaments starting a big, two big ones starting the next month in February. And then the inauguration just happened like five days ago or four days ago, even. So that's pretty crazy too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess first before we, I think we should do everything that's not basketball related last. So we can start with basketball. So Last podcast, we talked about the Brooklyn Nets, and we talked about James Harden getting traded because James Harden got traded only like a day or two before the actual podcast. And I decided to do it this week because it's been a, a few games. Um, at first, it was just James Harden and KD. Now it's him and Irving. And so far, we've been looking at their games, and they played against Cleveland. They lost both times. <laughs> and then they barely beat Miami last night, so... Yeah, I honestly just wanted to talk about it, how they're doing, not just James Harden, but overall. Yeah, so they traded for James Harden last week, and they've played five games since. They've won three and uh, lost two. I guess that's not bad because of the fact they just came. But I feel like, 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 like we said before, James Harden, I feel like he has a lot of chemistry with KD because they played for like a few years in OKC together. They made the NBA Finals. But... Um, yeah, I feel like when you actually look into the games, and even before the games, like, are they really, like, a really good team? Are they a championship contender? I think we should have to talk about that first, like, see, like, how they, like, their stats and everything. Well, I, I think they are a championship contender on paper, but it's kind of hard to see because this season is just so crazy, like, with COVID and players being out of the lineup, and especially with this Nets team, you know, Kyrie just disappeared for two weeks. Now James Harden's joined. They have to figure things out. It's just way too early to really say, oh, they're not going to be a championship contender. Exactly. Totally, this team could totally win the championship. You have of course. Yeah. You have three, basically, top 15 players, I would say, with James Harden and KD, I think, easily in the top five or six. Like, this team could be really good. Yeah, exactly. And... The season isn't really on its way yet. It's been almost, it's been like a month and two days. So, yeah, it's only been like 15 games, but not only. It's been 15 games, and there's 72 games in the whole season, not 82. So, you kind of think that, oh, okay, so now in another month, there'll be a halfway through the season, maybe a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And we can maybe say a little more, right? Oh, maybe they're actually going to... Oh, they're doing terribly. They're not living up to expectations. They're only like the uh, sixth or seventh seed. Maybe they're not championship contenders. But they could also be, you know, they could be uh, the first or second seed. They could be really, really balling and doing well. So we'll have to see. Yeah. So right now I'm looking at their record and everything. They're 10 and 8. Um, they're two and a half games away from the first seed who is Philadelphia, which, who's 12-5, and five, which is actually a really good record. And they're 8-4 they're, um, they're and four at home, 2-4 and four on the road. And then it, it, it's really funny because they've already played two games that have won an overtime or, or more, and you see they played against the Cavs. I think, yeah, the second game did not go into overtime. The first game was the double overtime, and I was watching it because I just came home from my tennis practice. It was, like, the fourth quarter, and I was just like, oh, wow, so the actual Cavs are actually doing good, and Colin Sexton is just unbelievable. Like, 
he's leading the team. Yeah. Um, about that game, I mean, they just couldn't stop Colin Sexton at all. Like he, I mean, yeah, he was he was doing so well. I mean, he was on fire, but they 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 didn't they couldn't stop him at all. He got everything that he wanted. He went off. I think he had like the third most points in overtime in, since two thousand or something. Exactly. He, yeah. He just he just did amazing. Yeah, and I'm looking right now. He on January twenty second. That was on Friday. He scored. Oh wait, it doesn't say how much he scored. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They won by thirteen, twelve. It's just and then. It's kind of funny because in the first game, it went to double overtime, and they won by 14. So it's like, oh, my God, they destroyed them. But in reality, because I, I was looking, and Colin Sexton scored, like, I don't know, a little bit more than two-thirds of their entire points in OT, maybe even all of them. Like, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And then I, I feel like Cleveland is, like, as I get to know them and their game, they're a little bit underrated. And not even a joke because – you start to see Colin Sexton, who could be a rookie of the year contender. Is he is a rookie? That... No, no. He's... Oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought he was a rookie, but he got drafted in 2018. Oh, okay. That's kind of awkward. But, um, yeah. No, but Colin Sexton's there. And then you have his team, which you have a lot of multiple guys helping. And the funny thing is Kevin Love is injured. Like, their best players are injured. Kevin Love, I think Darius Garland was also injured. And last season, when I thought about it, they were the one, they're the reason why they won, I don't know, 15 games. But yeah, like now they have Chetty Osman who's stepping up. You have Andre Drummond who's getting a lot of rebounds. He's like top in the league in rebounds per game. And then imagine if Colin Sexton keeps up his progress, plus Kevin Love coming in. Plus Darius Garland, so it's like Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Andre Drummond, Kevin Love, and then Chetty Osman. Like you can start connecting dots for that team. Yeah, I think that team is definitely solid. I mean, even now they just traded for Jared Allen, who was honestly I I, I didn't like that the Nets traded Jared Allen because he was a good center. He was good on the defensive end, and he was getting better and better every year. So yeah, and for that- sure, for sure. I I feel like if I was in their mind. The reason why they traded him away was because Jared Allen is a two-way player, and obviously that's really good. Like he's getting points, rebounds, assists, blocks, everything. I feel like it's like what I was talking about before about the Raptors. They're now five and one their last six games. The problem I said before, the reason why they keep losing is because Aramain sucks. They can't get any rebounds or second chance points. And then today, I was watching Raptors Pacers. He had 15 points, like 12 rebounds. Like, like he's starting to step up. And they and they got rid of Alex Lund. Perfect decision. He didn't do a single thing in that <laughs> season. Like, no joke. And then you're seeing 5-1. and one. Even though they lost to Miami, they came back and they destroyed them. And without Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. And today... They won against Indiana, who's a really good team, even without Victor Oladipo, without Siakam and Larry. Mm-hmm. And you can just connect it up for all the teams here. You can get from one team to another team. And then these guys are – Norman Powell's stepping up. He got, like, 25 points today. Chris Boucher is getting there. Like, he's 28, 29, I think. He got drafted late. He didn't get any minutes last season. Nick Nurse probably sees the potential when he's putting him in now. And I feel like it's 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 smart. And the GM did a good job of getting him away, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, but going back to the Nets, mm-hmm. I would say their number one problem is their defense. In the last – because looking at their games, in the last 10 games – no, no team has scored under 110 points versus the Nets. Every team has scored above 110 points. The Cavs dropped 147 on them. OKC dropped 109. But, I mean, these well, are... But, but then the Cavs 147. That was in the whole overtime. So. Yeah, I, 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 I still understand 129 for OKC. Like, you know. Pretty, pretty. Yeah, OKC has Shea Gilders Alexander, and that's it. And Al Horford, but whatever. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. But I'm looking at, yeah, they're home on when they're at home in, um, in Barclays, it's 122 points per game. They're allowing the team, I think, or is that how many team team? Yeah. That's how many team, that's how many points they're allowing on the road. It's 116.8. I mean, I yeah, you can score oh, on the road. Oh, I'm sorry. that was on. I was at home. Okay, you can score. No, on, yeah, on the road. I'm just looking. The only game. You're right. The only game in the entire season that they let a team score under 110 points was Charlotte, and that was 104. So on the road. On the road. Yeah. So, like, you know, you you have to. You cannot allow people to score points. Because even though I guess the topic of a basketball game is you have to score the most amount of points and win the game. But it's not like it's not that easy. You have to play that's why they invented defense. That's why they they invented steals and block. Like when you really think about it, that's how basketball is invented technically. Like basketball you cannot just if there are two teams, five people on each team, you cannot just go and allow the guy to score because then it's gonna be score, 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 score. Whoever gets lucky wins. That's why people start doing defense, blocks, steals, like specific drills, strategies. And then there are teams in the NBA right now that are doing really good on defense. There are teams that are in the NBA that are lacking defense. In my opinion, the top two teams in the NBA, I guess record-wise, are Philadelphia and L.A. L.A., okay, they have LeBron and AD, but that doesn't matter because... Well, Brown's like what thirty-seven, and he's playing like he's twenty years old. It's just so cool to see. Anthony Davis is still a rising star. To him. He's only like twenty-six. Imagine what he can do ten years from now at LeBron's age if he plays like him. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. Well, I would okay to compare the Nets to, um. To compare the Nets to the Lakers, the Lakers right now they have the number one defense by a wide margin. Of they, uh, they've, um, they're thirteen and four, which is the best record in the league. And if you look at the game scores, they've been consistently keeping opponents under even a hundred points. Like they played the Bulls, granted it's the Bulls, they held them to ninety points. They played the Bucks last Thursday, they held them to one hundred six points. Meanwhile, the Bucks were averaging before that about one hundred twenty points, so that's fourteen points under their average. Yeah. And the Lakers are just doing a good job of playing defense while also having LeBron and AD and all these new additions like Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder. And that's – they're really they, – I think they have a solid chance to repeat because yeah. of how their offense and defense have both improved. Yeah, and while we're thinking about how the Lakers are doing, you can look at the other teams in the West. It's not like the Lakers are going to sweep the West. It's too early to say. <laughs> like you have Utah 12-4. and four. If they win, I think they're playing either today or tomorrow. But anyways, if they win, they have the same record as the Lakers. Like, the Jazz are on an eight-game winning streak. So, they're four and four. Like, yeah, like, that's really good. From four and four to 12 and four, that's unbelievable. Like, you just made yourself from the worst team to the best team. Then the Clippers have 12 and four, too. Six-game winning streak. Six and four. Then the Dallas Mavericks, they're six. They were six and four. Then they were six and seven. Like, yeah. And then I'm looking at the other teams. I don't know, but I feel like records don't matter. I feel like the season is like cool and all. Like records, who's the best team in the conference? I think the playoffs really, really determines it because in playoffs upsets happen. Like, okay, last year about the Nuggets situation. Yeah, that was like a coincidence because that never happens. And then, like, and then the Lakers, being the good team that they are, lost game one to Houston and Portland. But, you know, it, it's, there could be two reasons. One reason, which is probably more logical, is because Houston and Portland were just really determined. It's like me in tennis matches, I can say. If I'm playing someone who's worse than me, I'm like, oh, I'm going to win. And then sometimes I could end up losing. Like, it's really bad. And then, but then when I play someone who's good, you're like, okay, I got this. Like, I, I, I just won my first tournament a few weeks back. In the final, I played, like, number four in South Carolina. 
and I had to, and I was like, he's rated much higher than me. I'm like 200 in South Carolina because they've only played two tournaments. But I was really determined because I watched this guy. He's not anything special. So you just have to come out, do your job, don't think about and like the bad things that are happening. Like I feel like the most important thing it's not just in tennis; it's in basketball too. It's energy. You have to bring energy because if you bring energy, your opponent's going to be like, okay, they're not tired. Like the last dance, which was a huge document. You probably watched it. I watched it. So like the Bulls, I don't remember. It was against the Pistons the year that they won the conference finals, not the two years that they lost. The year that they won, they had so much energy. Like I remember um, midway through the game, like um, Scottie Pippen, who was so energetic, then Drummond was really dumb and he pushed him and if you weren't energetic, that would have been an injury for a, like a month or two. But then Scott and Pippen got right back up, and the Bulls destroyed the Pistons by like 40, I think. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I would say, I mean, yeah, I think this year at least, we're going to see a lot of upsets again, assuming that they don't bring back fans into the arenas, because home court advantage is real, and it's it's really helpful to a lot of teams. And it's if it's not there, like it's been, like it wasn't during the bubble, I think we could see a lot of the top teams get upset. Honestly, but again, I agree with you for sure, like a hundred percent. I'm not saying it's gonna happen. Of course, yeah, chances yeah. are higher. But then you look at these teams that have new arenas, like the Warriors. Even though they've been in Chase Center for two years now, like you know, they were in there for half a year, and then the bubble happened. They didn't even go to the bubble. And they've just started playing Chase Center. The Raptors are in Tampa, which is definitely not home court advantage for sure. Maybe they could feel a little bit more of a home court advantage because of the fact that they played in Orlando, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I feel like home court advantage matters for sure. But this year they're no fans. They're yeah. virtual fans, but they're no fans. Like some maybe some teams won't feel the energy. You never know. Like, anything anything can happen this season. Yeah. So, um, continuing on, what would you say... Which teams are you say you're surpri- would you say you're surprised by so Ooh. far? <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's actually a little bit tough. Well, um, I was Jazz. No, Jazz was my number one surprise. Jazz was... Yeah, Jazz was... They're, they're amazing, right? But then when I think about it, the roster is like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Derek Favors, Joe Ingles, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like last year, I feel like they just like I I, I said as I think I said this in our earlier podcast, like the Jazz just acquired Mike Conley, and Mike Conley, like they they barely played they played they they lost in the first round, but I feel like that's just a lesson to learn on you know like it's like when you first start playing tournaments and stuff like that. Like, you, you don't really need to, like, worry about anything. Like, this tournament that I just played. It's a, like, we, we, call, we call it a practice tournament. Because there's no outcome, no result. It doesn't matter how you play. Just do your thing. Like, just get in it, get used to it, get, play. Like, when you have a new fitting for an NBA team, you just have to get used to it, play some games, get the chemistry going. It doesn't matter if you win the championship. It doesn't matter if you lose or anything. Like, for example, the Raptors in 29, yeah, 2019 when they won the championship, they got Kawhi Leonard. But they, again, that was for a whole year. And then they got Marc Gasol in February. They won the championship in June. They started the playoffs in April. So it's like a month and a half. But I feel like some teams get lucky and they adapt and they actually... Because like my dad told me the other day, actually a few weeks back, that... You know, they're like on different teams. There are many like lead players who try to motivate them. Like Kawhi Leonard motivates. Well, this year Kyle Lowry motivates the Raptors to do well. Maybe in LA, it's LeBron who motivates everyone to do well. You know, but yeah, going back to the teams that surprised me, Jazz is for sure one, no doubt. Lakers and Clippers, no, because you know I thought they have great rosters. Um, for me, Phoenix, like. I, I guess, yeah, they're not going to be the worst team in the league anymore. But Chris Paul, like, I understand. He's like LeBron's age, but he's still playing very well. Like, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, 
Like I was like, well, listen, they have Chris Paul. They have first round pick who's a really good draft. Or first pick, excuse me, not first round pick. First pick. And then they have Devin Booker, who's an all-star. So, yeah, I guess so. But, you know, there's still guys who are new to the team. But, yeah, that's some, it, it did surprise me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. The Warriors, I, the Warriors surprised me a little bit. I'll be the honest. Warriors are inconsistent and like, like they'll win, they'll win against, they'll win some games and then they'll lose some games. Yeah. It's like they'll come back to the Lakers, but then the next day they'll lose to the Knicks by fifteen. It's kind of because it's not because of Curry, but it's because of the people around Curry, right? Kelly, oh, yeah. Wiggins. To say Curry's doing bad, Curry's doing really good. Yeah, like, like the, the Warriors. Oh, you can go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So, like, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, James Wyden, they're all kind of inconsistent, and they haven't really consistently been the second option that Clay was. So I feel like that's why the Warriors are only 8-8 eight and eight, instead of maybe being 9-5 nine and nine and five or something. Yeah, I totally agree. They were 8-6, actually, and then they lost two in a row. But, yeah, I feel like the Warriors' problem is there's Steph Curry, who's on fire, and then mm-hmm. there's other guys. But again, like, you think about it, this roster is solid. Maybe, maybe not a playoff team this year. Maybe a ninth seed. But even if they were a playoff team, it's like what I, I was saying earlier about um, team chemistry, getting to know each other. They Like, the team is completely new. Like, there's no Kevin Durant. Clay's out. Probably next year, maybe there'll be a little bit more chemistry because of Clay coming back. They got rid of all of their bench, like Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, Quinn Cook, um, you know, DeMarcus Cousins. And then they have all these other guys who you have no clue about, but they're doing good. Like they're every, they're, I think the team's getting to know each other. They can look like they're all having fun with each other. So I feel like even though they're not a playoff team, they might not be a playoff team this year. Next year, I think they're going to do really good, like top five seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... For me, for the Eastern Conference, Philadelphia surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. Twelve and five. I did not expect that. Yeah, I think I think the reason why. Well, we already kind of discussed this before, but course, they look, yeah. well because of the fact that they actually added shooters around them, and Joel Embiid's just been really, really good too. Yeah, Joel Embiid is like averaging a lot of points per game and a lot of rebounds and everything. But I. I feel like you could imagine it in a way because of like, oh, you have Joel, you have Ben Simmons, you have Danny Green, Steph, Steph Curry, Tobias Harris, you have all these stars. But I was thinking about it before the season started, probably like November, I think it was. And I was like, okay, they have a solid starting lineup that's going to give them good minutes. But then what about the bench? Their bench is like, I don't know the guys on the bench. So like, but then if everyone's stepping up because Ben Simmons was out, I think for a few, like a few games and then, yeah they're on the three game winning streak not bad at all um yeah like their road record is three and four which is not good but at home they're nine and one i feel like i feel like in my opinion the every goal for a team is to do good at home you have to be you have to have an over 500 rating at home because yeah like and then raptors like all these teams that have that started season out pretty lousy like Raptors, now they're five and three. Okay, that's actually not that bad. Two and six on the road. Okay, that's not good. Like I feel like the road is obviously much harder for people, especially when you're on the back to back and you have to travel from one place to another. But I feel like two and like I feel like you have to be like at least like one third of your games one on the road because I feel like you have like a over five hundred record and then you have a three hundred. So. Yeah, that would be like an 800 record, not 800, probably like 700. I feel like your goal is just, like, there's, what, 72 games in the season, right? So, like, for this year, I think for teams, the goal is to be, like, you have to be 39 and 33, and you're guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. And, again, it's really smart because there's a play in the tournament this year. And I think in the bubble, that was super smart because – Memphis and Portland were really tight together, and they had to do it, like, no doubt. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say the other biggest surprise... Oh, actually, one more thing about Philly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about how good Joel Embiid's been. In his past, I would say, maybe, I think this is past 12 games, he's had 38, 20, which is solid, 24, 45, 42, 38, and then 33. I mean, that is just insane. 
That, yeah, like if LeBron James was doing, if if like Steph Curry was doing that, that would still be crazy. Like Jalen, he's a center. Like he's the biggest guy in the court. He's probably maybe maybe Joel is not shooting a lot of threes. He's probably doing a lot of in paint action, but that's still really good. Like to be averaging like probably over thirty points per game or something, maybe thirty. Yeah, he's averaging 20, 27, which is a career high. He's averaging fifty five percent from the field, which is also a career high, and he's shooting forty percent from three. It's pretty. Oh my ins- god! Yeah, that's crazy numbers. So I feel like if Philadelphia keeps it up, they're going to be Eastern Conference Finals at least. Yeah, honestly, I mean, right now, if the Nets don't, uh, if the Nets don't really shape up, I could see Philly beating them. The Bucks versus Philly, we'll have to see how they play in the season first. Of course, but that's going to be a good matchup. But I think those three teams, assuming the Nets play better, Nets, Bucks, and the Sixers are going to be my top three in the East. Exactly. Yeah, I t- I totally agree with you. And then um, Milwaukee, yeah, Milwaukee's nine and six. Like last year, they were like fourteen and two or something. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bucks had an excellent record last year, but again, like, and honestly, this year is so strange because there's a pandemic, traveling is really stressful and hard, and then you have all these new additions, like Philadelphia, Danny Green, Seth Curry, all these other guys, Milwaukee Bucks, Drew Holiday, who's who's this, like, one of the best players in New Orleans, Boston Celtics, okay, maybe not, but... Yeah, and then with the pandemic, many people are losing their players because of the fact that maybe they accidentally didn't, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. The biggest thing is definitely the Heat. The Heat have not had Jimmy Hero oh. for so many games, and so that's why there's six. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Hero was here for like four days ago, I think. But, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, a bunch of, I know Jimmy Butler was out with COVID. A bunch of their players were out with COVID. He's still out with COVID. He's still yeah. out. Yeah. It's crazy I mean, yeah, because my <laughs> Like people are people are saying, oh well, people might look at the Heat and be like, wait, why are they not, you know, top five in the conference like last year? But no, they haven't had enough players for many of the games. Yeah, they're currently six and nine. The Raptors are doing better than them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, yeah, I totally agree with you because I can imagine if there was no pandemic, I feel like the standings would be completely different because Miami would have Tyra Hero. Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Andre Iguodala. I don't care who the other guys are. All of the other guys. But I think they made a bad decision this summer of of giving Jay Crowder away from Phoenix. Because he's a really big, ax, a really big asset there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I mean, I, even giving up Drake Crowder, I would still have expected them to be top top eight in the East. Of course. But you, it's still early. I know, yeah. but still... Yeah, for now. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. How about the Knicks? The Knicks are actually pretty. The Knicks are surprising, man. Yeah, they're eight and nine. I did not expect that. Even though it's the losing record, that's still actually good. I mean, yeah. Considering Julius how bad. Julius Randall is doing really good. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, like Julius Randall is like, I was watching him against. I think it was like last weekend. They played against Boston. And he scored like twenty points in the first quarter. No, but still, he's st- he's unbelievable. Like yeah, he's, he's averaging a- twenty three points, twelve rebounds, six assists. Crazy. That's solid. That's, That's real good. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, it's really good. Consider. I mean, he had one year in New Orleans where he played really well. He averaged twenty one. But, I mean, for someone like Julius Randle, who last year everybody was completely trashing on, he's completely turned his game around. He's much more efficient. He's actually helping the Knicks' offense. He's not just holding the ball. And the Knicks are better because of it. Yeah, I'm looking right now, like, his last few games, like, 26, 26, 21, 20, 28. Like, it's solid. Um, well, his field goal percentage was over 50%. Like a little bit earlier this month, he's he he did twenty six percent from the field. He scored twenty one points still, which is kind of weird. But yeah, no, but still from three point per, from three point percentage, he doesn't really shoot. He doesn't shoot much. He's it's like fifty zero because he didn't shoot any threes. Like you know, mm-hmm. and then and then in New York, R J Barrett doing pretty good. Austin Rivers who's, like, their starting guard. 
And then yeah. you have all these other small guys like Tosh Gibson, Reggie Bullock, Mitchell oh. Robinson, Kevin Knox, Alec Burks, Frank Tilakina, Alfred Payton, Dennis Smith Jr. And I'm worried. I think Den- Dennis Smith Jr. is out with COVID or something. I don't think he's playing. He hasn't been playing on the Knicks either. Yeah, he yeah, averaged just three points per game. <laughs> yeah, the last time we played was on January 10th. Yeah, I mean, but uh, speaking of RJ there, I mean, in his last six games, he scored 20, 20, 19, 22, 28, 21. So he's really starting to yeah. feel himself and play well. Yeah, I think he's a very valuable third pick. I think yeah. like, I feel like from, from like all these, from, I feel like from, picks one through 10 you should expect them to have like from in between like 15 to 17 points per game around that that's a solid start to their career like lebron for example lebron i don't i don't know how many points he averaged in 2003 because i was i wasn't even alive then but um <laughs> he he probably averaged yeah like 18 he probably he averaged 20 points yeah like that's so solid for a number one pick and then he progressed over his whole career. Now he averages like probably 27 or something, 23, I don't know. So, yeah. And the funny thing is we meant for this conversation to be about Brooklyn, and it just sits to every other team. Like, it's really <laughs> cool. It's really cool about that. Oh, yeah. my Another surprise, the Cavs. We already spoke about them. Yes, little... we did speak about that. Yeah, I totally They're... agree. I mean, I don't expect the Cavs to even have a winning record by the end of the season, but they could definitely be like, I could see, I could see them sneaking into the ninth or eighth seed honestly if they play well. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And then I wanted to talk about. Um, I'm just searching it up right now. On Wednesday, January twentieth, that was a crazy day, and it wasn't because of something particular happened, but it was because. Well, it was the inauguration day, too. Oh, yeah. No, but about, I'm talking about basketball. <laughs> but every single game went to, like, overtime. I was, I was, I, at 7.30, I went to my room, and I started watching. And every game, like, look, I'm looking right now. Nets, Nets Cavs, double overtime. Okay, Mavericks, Pacers. Okay, that was, um, that was um, regulation. Sixers, Celtics, overtime. Atlanta, Detroit. Overtime. Heat Raptors. Okay. Raptors lost the Wilson in overtime. Magic Timberwolves. Overtime. Game winner by Ma- the Magic. Suns Rockets. Overtime. Warriors Spurs. Okay, no. And same with. Yeah. That, like five games went to overtime. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a crazy day. And all the, a lot of the games were good. I mean, we had a Cole Anthony buzzer beater. Colin Sexton went off. Joel Embiid destroyed the Celtics and <laughs> dropped 42. Um, what else? Jeremy Grant for the Pistons dropped 32 points in a loss. Quinn Cap- Oh, my God. Quinn Capella, 27 points. Guess how many rebounds? Guess how many rebounds? 26 rebounds, I think, right? It was 26 rebounds. Oh, yeah. my God, man. Yeah, Quinn Capella's been playing really well, too. Why would to- Houston trade him away? Oh, my God. Honestly, yeah, I know. After they went, they went in that 27. He was so good at Houston, and then they just traded him away. No, he was injured for a bit, and oh, I think yeah. that was true, true, true. And also, playing alongside James Harden kind of reduces how many points you score. But he, I mean, I remember that one year with Chris Paul when they made it to the Western Conference Finals. Chris Paul, James Harden, and Clint Capella playing together, I think they lost like five games all year in the regular season. They were really good, that team. Well, when all three of them were healthy. Yeah. yeah. Three of them were playing. But I like, feel like, and then when I'm thinking about the Rockets right now, like, I don't think Victor Odebo like, likes Houston. <laughs> I feel like Victor Odebo just had like a choice of going to like one team or the other, and he just said, I, ha- I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to go to Houston or something. He didn't, I don't think he likes Houston. It doesn't yeah. look like, like I'm looking, his numbers are, are solid, but I don't know. Like Houston, there's PJ Tucker, so Christian Wood is actually doing really good. Eric Gordon, Victor Oladipo, you know, Demarcus Cousins, John Wall. Yeah, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a variety, I guess, of like, yeah. And then one, there's one last team that surprised me, and that was Atlanta. 
I can see it, yeah. I kind of have them, like, exactly. I don't know about playoffs, but I can, I, well, I think we talked about this a little bit before. But, yeah, Trey Young is doing really good um, this year. Like, I'm looking at the roster and the stats. Like, right now, John Collins is doing good. Unfortunately, Bogdan Bogdanovich had a knee injury that's going to keep him out for the whole year, which is really bad because he was a big asset to the team. Clint Capella is in, John Collins, Chris Dunn, Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Huerter, DeAndre Hunter, Rajon Rondo, Tony Snell, Trey Young. It's, it's solid. It's like, it's like a bunch of role players. Like I, I probably said this a few podcasts back, but... It's, like, it's, it's, it's a lot of role players. And then um, Trey Young, like the star of the team, too. But and actually, Capella has been playing like like an all-star center in the past few games. He's been yeah. going off. I'm so sad that there's no all-star game this year. Because imagine like who would be in the all-star game this year. Like, it, it would be pretty surprising. I think they'll still select all-stars, but the games probably. Yeah, probably there'll be no games. but I, Or maybe... The, no, actually, I was I was gonna say maybe um they're gonna select all stars and they're gonna do for twenty twenty two no but I I heavily doubt that yeah uh, that's just doesn't make any sense but yeah he's Clint Capella in the past five games has been going off so he's he hopefully he'll have a good year because it'd be pretty cool if he had an all star too yeah I'm really excited for twenty twenty two but you just have to live for one more year and one more month yeah <laughs> for another all star game but. Yeah, I feel like when we have podcasts during the playoffs, that would be really good because we could just yeah. give, especially like, when it's like home finals. Yeah, that's gonna be really good. When uh, when does the playoffs start? I'm kind of. I think they start late and they end in July or something this year or June. I mean, actually July, I think. Well, it's seventy two games in the season. The twenty twenty, they're gonna start in June. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. 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 And this year it's going to be crazier because even more, there's going to be the playing tournament again. It's going to be for both conferences. So there might be a, more upsets. For sure. Yeah, so I guess you can say the NBA season is going to end when the new school year starts for 2021, 2022. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Pretty. All right, that was a really good NBA conversation. <laughs> yeah. But I, one more question. I wanted to ask you what, like, what are your favorite teams in each conference? Not like what teams you're going to think is going to win, but what are your favorite teams in each conference? Okay, so we'll do. I'll do Western Conference first. So, cool. my favorite teams in the Western Conference are obviously the Lakers. I like LeBron. No I, way. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely he's my favorite player. I because he was the first player I watched, so I really like him. Well, easily the Lakers. Then probably I'll pick. I'll say I'll say three teams for each conference. Yeah, the I Lakers, agree. the Suns, because I like Devin Booker and I also like Chris Paul a lot. So the Suns definitely, and and then probably I like the Kings, even though they're bad. Yeah, but I, I like De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I can see how you like them. Yeah, I can see that. I just, then, I'll say, yeah, I'll say my Western Conference, and then we can go to the East. Right. So. You know this. Probably everybody who knows me knows. I love the Warriors, and then I like the Raptors. And everyone's like, oh, he's yep. a bandwagon. I wasn't a bandwagon because the only reason why I like the Warriors is not because KD went there. Oh, I love them now. They're going to win. So the Raptors are my favorite team. They were always my favorite team. Steph Curry is just my favorite player. That's why I love the Warriors. So, mm-hmm. yeah. For, for me, Western Conference number one is Warriors. Because I... The reason, and yeah, I just love Steph Curry. I love his, I guess, play style. I love his playmaking. I like how he encourages other teammates to do well. Like, I do everything with him. I follow him on all my social media accounts. Like, I'm just obsessed with him. But um, number two is Phoenix. I also love Devin Booker. Yeah. I lo- I've watched a lot of his, like, stuff. Chris Paul. I- I've always liked Chris Paul. I'm just so happy that they're finally good. Like, Thank God, fuck. yeah. Yeah. Like, for, like, if... But yeah, for every single Phoenix, I can imagine like every single Phoenix Suns fan is like, "Oh, finally, the curse is over." <laughs> Literally, like honestly, if the Suns weren't this like de- decent this year, I think Devin Booker should request a trade because he's just been here for so long and they haven't even made the playoffs. I feel like he should have requested a trade if Chris Paul didn't come to Phoenix. But again, I feel like I feel 
when I think about it, the Suns sucked in the season. They didn't do good. Like, lost a lot of them like, games. And the bubble, they were undefeated. I feel like if they weren't undefeated in the bubble, like if they had like a 500 or lower record in the bubble, then Devin Booker wouldn't have, would have requested a trade. It's like James Harden. Like, they, they made it to the second round. They got destroyed by LA. He probably, but again, I don't think that was because of that particular season. I think it was just because he kept losing every year and it was like really yeah. frustrating for him. I, I, yeah. So for me, and then my third team in the Western Conference, that's kind of hard. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to say Pelicans. Pelicans? Yeah, even though they suck, like how you said about the Kings. Because Pelicans are 5 and 10. I don't know how because they actually have a really solid roster. But the only reason why I like them is because, like, they have such a good lineup. It's, like, it's like all-around players, right? It's, like, Zion, Lonzo, AJ Reddick, Josh Hart, Eric Bledsoe, uh, Steven Adams, Brandon Ingram. Like, yeah, I just I like Brandon Ingram. That's actually part of the reason. I, well, I don't, I'm not a fan of Lonzo. I like Zion. Yeah, like, yes, I like the players on the team. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess now you can say your Eastern Conference teams. Okay, so for the Eastern Conference, my favorite teams are going to be number one, the Nets, obviously, because I'm a Nets fan, because, you know, in New Jersey's close to New York, I've always been a Nets fan. Yeah. So that's, that's like a given. Even though I don't like Kyrie at all, I mean, still got to support the team. You don't like Kyrie? I don't like Kyrie. I think we're all Ron James bandwagon. No, I'm kidding. 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 <laughs> um, number number two, I would have to say is probably the Sixers. I like okay. the Sixers. I like I like how good Joel Embiid is. I always like Ben Simmons, even though he hasn't been that good this year. I I still like him. I agree with you. And then, um, I would say number three is the Cavs, just because I don't know. Yeah, watching you, LeBron. You, you've been always a Cavs fan, yeah. yeah I've seen him. So for me, number one is obviously the Raptors. Yeah, because they're my favorite team. Um, number two will be Charlotte because I have to represent where I live, obviously. No, but I still like Lamelo and Gordon. I I've always loved Gordon Hayward ever since mm-hmm. he was in Utah. So yeah, I no, but there's two. Yeah, the two reasons: one, just to represent my home, like I I need to at least like my team that's currently here, and then two because I like a few players in the team. Number three is a little bit tough. Hmm. I don't know because number three, I haven't been a particular fan of anybody for a long time. I'll have to say like Knicks or Nets because just because I live in New Jersey and you know probably Nets. Yeah, probably not because they have three All Stars. No, not because of that. <laughs> yeah, but then the Nets. The funny thing is like DeAndre Ayton, um, DeAndre Jordan. It it's he was an All Star like three years ago. When you think about it, like it wasn't that long ago when he was an All Star. But he's still doing cops solid. But yeah, that was technically the last question. So, all right. So the second part, it's not over, guys. It's been like 45 minutes, but it's not over. So the second part is not related to basketball, surprisingly. So obviously, probably a lot of you guys who are currently watching do not know. Ten, me and Akmarish play tennis. We like to play tennis. We, we like to watch tennis. And for some who know, there's a really big, ter- there are two huge tournaments coming up in February. The ASB Cup, which just started in 2020. It's been, it was tremendous in 2020. Serbia won. And the Australian Open, which is a Grand Slam every year. And it's my second favorite Grand Slam. My favorite is US Open. because I, I go there every year. Not this year. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and also the election just happened, like we said earlier at the very beginning. But I think the mo- most important thing is tennis because the, I guess the inauguration, we don't have to talk about anything except the special guests who came, but that's pretty much it. So, yeah, so for the Australian, but I don't know about you, but are you, are you, are you in, are, are you like following anybody on social media to see what they're doing right now? Like any tennis players, I guess? I know, but they're all quarantined. <laughs> yeah, like I, the funny thing is, like this in this generation, people are so creative because during quarantine, they're do, they're figuring out all these different ways to like stay like healthy and exercise and to exercise. Like they're just like doing so many good things. Like they they have like three mattresses and they're putting them like all like and all on and then they yeah. like, do jumping drills and everything. 
they hit tennis balls against the mattress. I don't know how they sleep on that mattress. Yeah, but I saw some people hitting the, hitting tennis balls on the glass there, and it's kind of just scary. <laughs> they could just break. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I feel like yeah, I feel like it's gonna be. I I think it's really cool because I feel like when there's no COVID for tennis players, they could they just come the day, like a few days before the tournament, just practice like, oh, a few days, and then go to the tournament. But yeah, I feel like people are improvising, and I'm really excited because. You don't know what's going to happen because obviously Roger Federer's out of the Australian Open, unfortunately, because he was he's injured with his leg. But then at the beginning of last year, we noticed a lot of young stars like Dominic Team who won the US Open. And then you have Medvedev who won the ATP finals in Paris. You have like Andre Rublev who's now a top 10 player. Diego Schwartzman who's in, like last year, you had Djokovic, Team Nadal. And that was pretty much it because Sitsabas and Zverev kept losing, which is not good. And yeah, not, not Dominic team. Not, that was. A, I feel like Djokovic versus team and team versus Nadal were the only two, three like really, really interesting matches because Dominic team did, like did a really good job of handling Nadal, and then him versus Djokovic was like five set classic. You know, I'm really excited about this year. Uh, yeah, I think Djokovic is just going to repeat again. Mm. Well, listen, that's, I'm not saying it's not it's been, for the past For the past three or no, two, two and a half years, he's just been so dominant. Federer's kind of been declining. Nadal's, Nadal's still been amazing, but Federer's kind of gone out of the picture, so it's really Djokovic versus Nadal now. And Djokovic has been on fire, and I think he's just going to continue to be on fire. I mean, he hasn't shown, like, to be any worse in the past. Yeah. I feel like Djokovic is like so relaxed and motivated. Like he's not documenting it, anything really. He's just focused on you know. Yeah, just, but yeah, he's just amazing. Honestly. Like he he does everything well. I mean, yeah, all the pros do, but yeah, he does everything so special and so like lightly. Like all his shots are just so like magical. Like it's, just, it's so creative. Like good technique, good follow through, good power. Good serving, and like he 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 has everything that's really good, which I think like when you think about all the other guys, their weaknesses, you can you can like handle them easily. You can make them worse. Mm-hmm. Also, same as the NBA, who's your favorite tennis player? And I guess who do you think is going to win the Australian Open this year? Well, my favorite tennis player is probably I have two. I'd say Nick Kyrgios. I mean, he's I don't think he's playing the Australian Open. And then my second pick <laughs> would. Probably beat Nadal. I would say if I had to pick one of the big three, Nadal's my favorite. And yeah. then I already said he was gonna win. I think Djokovic is gonna win pretty easily too. Yeah. So for me, Federer is my favorite player. He's been my favorite player ever since I started watching tennis. Honestly, because I just I like his. It's like Djokovic. I like all his shots, like his technique, his motions, his serve is like really powerful. Like his shots. Yeah, like for me, top three Federer and overall Federer, and then I think second is Team, because actually I didn't tell you this, I was in Florida, in I think it was November, October, November, for a little vacation there, and obviously we got to quarantine, so we quarantined, and then we went to a tennis club that we've been going to for years, like ever since we started going to Florida, and we went to it, and. We saw Dominic Team and his coach there training, and it, it's it's, just, it's like a public. It's it's like for example, like wherever you like Mendham, it's like that except outdoors. Like it's just like a nice, it's like, like a regular public tennis court, and then you just see Dominic Team and his coach just training there, and then they ended their practice as soon as I was about to start mine, and then I just came and said, "I love you. I follow you on Instagram." Oh, da, da, da. like a fangirl, and then he's okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like really cool. I saw him and his coach there. It was actually really cool. And then now, um, yeah, I, earlier in the summer, his coach was doing my Instagram stories. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, better in team, I guess. Because, yeah, I just I just like – team is my favorite rising star player. Who's your favorite like, rising star player, I guess you can say about that? You can say. Uh, probably – well, I mean, rising star in, like, how, how many – in the past how many years? Because, like, if I want to do really recent, I would say Rublev. But if we do slightly older, I would say... Uh, let's say, like, two years. 2018. Right, 
Then Medvedev, Medvedev easily. Yeah, for me, it's Team and Medvedev. I like Medvedev because he's Russian, I guess, and I'm probably Russian. But I liked him at the U.S. Open in 2019. And then Dominic Team was just really good. Yeah, so Team and Medvedev. I don't like Zverev because I feel like he's a little bit arrogant when he's playing. It's my personal opinion. Like, it's not official, but um, I feel like he's just, like, he's too frustrated. Like, for me, I feel like I'm, a little, I'm frustrated a little bit during practices, but that's normal. And then during matches, like, I don't show it because I just put it inside. I just keep it inside my um, head because I don't want to actually break out. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like he's just too frustrated, and then he doesn't really, I don't know. I feel like he's in, he, does, he doesn't flex on this game or anything like that. If you're Matteo Berrettini, you know who Matteo Berrettini probably yeah. is. Yeah. He flexes on his game. Like, he, like, I, I follow yeah. him on Instagram. I don't follow him anymore because I don't like him. Like, he started posting, like, an Instagram post and stories, like, oh, I'm so good at tennis. Look at my shots. Look at my serve. I'm so cool. Oh. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, he just, like, he just started acting, like, oh, I'm so cool. Like, I can do this and that. So like yeah, I feel like the play their plays like act, try to act cool. It's like for example, like when you're at school or basketball, like there's like people watching you, and you want to say, "Oh, I want you want to prove that you're really good." Yeah, so, yeah. Like, but I feel like in my opinion, there there's one way to act cool, and there's one way to not act cool. One way is to like notice that they're like trying, they're they want to see something from you, and you have to and you try to to do it just for them. The way that you have to do it is that you don't do it for them. You, do, you just do it for yourself. You just keep playing no matter what. Like if there's like a tennis player your age watching you play and they're playing next to you and they just watch you and you just focus on yourself. You don't care about what other people think. So I think the, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think the easiest way to act cool is just to win because then and everybody will think you're cool because they can't even deny it. They can't be like, but oh, again, well, like if you bet, everybody will think you're cool. Yeah, I totally agree with you, but the way to win is like oh, yeah. yourself yeah of course yeah yeah like i sh- yeah i i just nothing i need to really say about that i think we said a, a good um thing about that and then we just talked about the aussie open what's gonna happen in the hb cup that was gonna be really uh, exciting well i would i would take spain to win just because you know <laughs> yeah no yeah <laughs> Actually, actually, I don't know. Spain, Russia is also really good because they have Rublev and Medvedev, and then and Kachanov and all these other rising guys. And I mean, of course, Serbia—they did it last year. They have Djokovic and Olajic. Yeah. Well, I'm they... looking right now. They just announced their groups like a few hours ago, so that's perfect timing for us to do the podcast. <laughs> but I'm looking right now. There are four groups, and like the two teams that are at the top of the group. I think it's, no, they're the two. I think it's, I think the format is, there's, I think there's two. Like, I think, I'm thinking, I think. Just two. the top one. Yeah, and the then top one goes to the semis and then the finals. But yeah. I think it's, I think it's group. You play, um, you play two matches. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't know, but this, I think the top two teams go to the quarters. No, but I have to really doubt that. Yeah, so I think here's how it works. So every team plays the people, the other people in the group. Then the top team gets to go to the semifinals. Then they play the other person in their bracket. Then they go to the finals, and then there's a winner. So it's it's slightly yeah. it's harder than last year, but it's gonna be good. yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, so I'm looking. Group A is Team Serbia. So Djokovic, Lajovic, Team Germany, but that's Vera, but that's and then Team Canada. So for me. Team Canada is like a rising star team. They have Shapovalov, OJ Aliasin, Vashik Pospisil. On Team Germany, it's just Varev technically. Like, I don't know any other good German. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there are. I just, maybe I forgot. Mm-hmm. And then Team Serbia's Djokovic. So, for me, I think it's between Team Serbia and Team Canada. Like, that was like, what, yeah. that was what Team Serbia and Team Canada played in the semis last year, I think. And Serbia barely won. I think they played in the, in the doubles. They won. So yeah, um, I don't know. It's hard. All right, for me, for yeah. B, mm-hmm. right. We have Team Spain, Spain Nadal, Batista, and Australia. That's going to be an exciting group. I think Spain's going to win that. Obviously, uh, Group B is my favorite group probably this year. Yeah. Group B, I don't know. 
Because Group B, you have Spain, a very good player in the doll, Roberto Bautista Agu, who's like top 10. And then Team Greece, you have Stefano Sitspas. It would be kind of cool for the, like, not the ATP Cup, but they like a tennis cup where it's like men and women playing the same team. So that'd be pretty cool. But, yeah, I understand. But for Greek Sitspas, there isn't anybody else, but Greeks did decent last year. And then Team Australia has Alex de Menard, John Millman, Nick Kyrgios. Australia is going to do really good, I think, because they may not win the group because there's Spain there. But I think they're they're going to do really good in the group stages because of the fact that they're playing in a sick home court advantage in basketball. Because yeah. They're going to be in, in, at home. Then Group C, there's Team Austria. So Dominic Team, Dennis Novak. Team Italy, Matteo Bartini, all these other really good guys who are like top 50 in the, in the world. And then Team France. And you have Gael Monfils. And then you have a few other guys that are not bad. Group D is Team Russia, Team Argentina, and Team Japan. So Team Japan is Kaden Shakori, but I'm not sure. Maybe he's out um, due to an injury, but I'm not sure. And then Team Argentina has Diego Schwartzman and a few other guys. And then Team Russia, I think it's going to be the winners are going to be Russia, Spain, Serbia, and uh, probably Austria. Yeah, and then I would say Russia versus Austria, Russia wins. Spain versus Serbia, that's going to be... Oh, (laughs) shoot. Serbia, going to win. Oh, come on. Serbia, Spain, Austria, it's A versus B. I think, I thought it was A versus C, B versus D. No? I'm not sure. I'm just going to say it's A versus... I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Um... All right, I'm going to just, there's this instruct. So, following the group stages, the four group winners will advance to the Naga semifinals. Each country comes with four players, which is kind of okay. Oh, they're, they're actually doing it like, in, they're going to be tickets, so wow. <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. sure, but. COVID isn't as bad as the US. I think it's much better. Let's say if it's A versus B and C versus D, yeah, I agree with you, Russia, Serbia, and then I want Russia to win. I don't know, but, but I don't know. I have no clue. But if it was A, C, B, D, I think, and then I think it's Austria, Serbia, Spain, Russia. Austria is going to win. Russia is going to win. And I'll yeah. explain my reasoning. Austria versus Russia. I'll explain my reasoning. Because Austria, team versus Djokovic, team's going to be so mad about last year in Aussie Open. He's going to destroy the heck out of him. And then Russia, Spain, Medvedev. And then the second match is Ryovich versus Novak. And Novak trains with Dominic Team, So he trains with the best guy in the world, one of them. So I think he'll have a lot of momentum. But then Russia, Spain, Medvedev is doing plays really well against Nadal. He knocked him out in the ASB finals. It's Rublev versus Bautista. I think Bautista doesn't have a chance against Rublev. So, yeah, and then doubles. Russia has really good doubles players. Spain, I don't really know. Because I feel like the issue is that um, sometimes it has to be like singles. The guys who specialize in singles playing doubles in Austria and Serbia. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. I think in the future, Australia is going to do really good in the future. With mm-hmm. all the rising guys, I think in the future Argentina is going to do good because Diego. I think Diego's a little bit young. Russia's still going to do really good because it's it's so funny because Andrew was like 21, 22 years old. Medvedev is like twenty four. And then groups, yeah, Dominic team is going to do really good because he's still relatively young. Group A team Canada is going to do really good probably in the future years. So yeah, like it's a lot. Um, yeah, so. Um, yeah, so two more things before we close it out. So, obviously, I don't know if you watched the inauguration or not because we probably we had school. I, I, school well, I couldn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch it, I was in school all day, so I couldn't watch it. But yeah, 
I just I was looking a lot of special people came to the inauguration like J Lo and Lady Lady Gaga like a lot of people were invited which is kind of strange and then Donald Trump was like the first president to not actually go to the election he uh, but I don't I don't want to talk about too much because it's not a good idea to express your political opinion on you know et cetera et cetera but yeah there was one yeah it's like pretty crazy but then I guess we don't want to talk much about that but the last thing. Is I wanted to talk more about like I guess the team NBA, the teams that have been playing really well ever since our last podcast, like the potential I guess like maybe go into a little bit more like just like, like a couple of teams, maybe just like go into like the detail a little bit more, like the teams I feel, I feel like the, the teams that have the same roster technically as last year. And that they're doing pretty good, and like what, what's, what's to, I guess, what's gonna happen with them? Like I'm, like right now, like the Boston Celtics, I guess, their team because the, the Celtics, I guess we can, we, we can, we can just talk about them because there's just a lot to talk about about them. But they have like a mm-hmm. decent, like the same roster as last year technically. Like there's Jalen Brown, there's Taco, best player of all time. Um, Javante Green, Sami Ojale, Hayden Pritchard, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Jeff T, Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson, Kemba Walker, Grant Williams, who actually went to my school. Grant Williams went to my school. That's pretty cool. When he, went to, when he was in middle school and high school. So there's like a, like in our, in our gym, there's like a huge banner with all the guys who like got really famous from Providence Day. And he's one of them. Providence Day is my, no, my school. And Robbie, Robert Williams, the third. So yeah, Robert William the third, not is the third, the third. But yeah, because I feel like the Celtics have so many really good guys in the team, and I feel like they they have to do better than just make the second round, make the conference finals. You know. Yeah, they really need to make a finals. They haven't made one since 2010. I mean, they've been to three Eastern Conference finals in the past four years, but they just haven't been able to get to the finals. Whether it's because of LeBron or uh, last oh, year. Oh, last year, last year. Hmm. It was kind of luck. I don't know because nah, they beat the Raptors. No, 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 no. Not luck beating the Raptors. I'm talking about Miami beating them. Well, I'm not talking about Raptors, but that's not luck. That was like fair series. <laughs> like <laughs> Miami Boston game one, uh, like a really nasty block by them and about to win the game. Like imagine if that didn't happen. Like it, it was kind of luck, you know. Like Jason Tatum could have done a, na- a, nas- a nasty um, dunk to win the game. Yeah, but again, you don't know what's gonna happen. But just imagine it would have been three three, not four two. Yeah, and then against Cleveland, I don't get it. Honestly, like LeBron James was the reason why. It's like Raptors LeBron. LeBron mm-hmm. kept destroying them. When he left, they won the championship. Like I feel like the their teams that keep losing to LeBron are really good teams. He just stands in their way. Yeah. Because the funny thing is, it's not. I don't. Nobody cares about the other guys on the team. Because LeBron left the Cavs in 2018. The whole roster stayed the same, and they didn't make the playoffs. They were the worst team in the freaking league. <laughs> like, like, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to say it because, like, I feel like, and I feel like in like a couple of years they're gonna do it because. This year, maybe not because of Brooklyn. Oh, I just thought about it. Right, like, now Brooklyn's there. Oh, my God. Like, there's Brooklyn and Milwaukee now that stand that stands in their way. Like, the one year that they didn't make the conference finals, they lost to Milwaukee. But imagine if there was Milwaukee versus Cleveland in the conference finals when LeBron was in Cleveland and, the, and Milwaukee was as good as it was today. Like, that would be pretty cool. Like, Milwaukee got a chance. I wish that LeBron had to face, like, some of the harder teams. I wish he played against the Bucks when they were good. I wish he played against Kawhi and the Raptors. That would have been a really good series. 4-0 sweep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll continue to see what happens in the NBA and in tennis and just in the world and keep updating in this great podcast. Yeah, in a couple of of weeks, we'll get back together. Mm -hmm. And we'll see, like... By now, by then, the ATP Cup will probably be like the last day of the ATP Cup, the final, and then yeah. off the open will be starting soon. The NBA is going to be two weeks more, so it'll probably be like 
seven games more for each team. So I think we, we can talk about even more than we did today. Yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have an idea of where a lot of more teams are. We'll, it'll, it'll be great. Yeah. Well, all right. Thank you so all right. much for doing this. We got another podcast. It was a really good podcast. Yes, sir. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, all right. Thank you, Ignish. All right. See you, Daniel. See you in a couple more weeks. Bye. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. It was our longest podcast, but it doesn't matter because this was one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever been a part of. We got to talk about so much. We got to talk about tennis, the inauguration, just a little bit, the basketball, so much, so many items. A lot of people tuned into our live today, which I'm really happy about. That makes me happy. That makes Agmer happy because it can prove that our podcast has been successful. And on Spotify, we've been very successful. If you're listening there on Spotify right now, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the support if you're listening on Spotify because it just means so much to us that you guys are just doing this and when we just created our account last week. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks.